You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Sullen Radio Weekly. I'm Joe Swanson. The show is brought to you by Sullen Clothing, Kingpin Tattoo Supply, and Inky's Tattoo Products. Head over to SullenRadio.com and please share your favorite episode of the show. If you'd like to get tattooed by me in L.A. or San Francisco, please shoot me an email to joe at sullenradio.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at OG Joe Swanson. This is Sullen Radio Weekly, and this is my talk with tattooer Anum. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Sullen Radio. My name is Joe Swanson. I'd like to welcome my guest today, tattooer Anum from Montreal, Canada. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to talk to you since meeting. Um, I was introduced to your work prior to meeting you at Palm Springs and awesome. really, really dug it and got to meet you at Palm Springs briefly while you were working on a killer uh, Scarface piece. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was that was pretty groovy. I like the montages. <laughs> Dude, that's really something that I see a lot more people doing, like where they have the the main portrait up top and then in the dark area of clothing or something below it, there's like the smaller portraits. I love that stuff. Yeah, I think it I think it looks really cool. I think like for me it, it kind of uh uh reminds me of like those old uh, pulp posters, like mm-hmm. from the old movies and stuff. Like they they were always put together so well and you, you can kind of see the story in it without you know yeah. knowing what it was you know so that was pretty cool I, I like kind of giving that vibe definitely that's something that I think has been lost you know you, I, I watched that documentary my buddy Jonathan from the tattoo shop I work at right now turned me on to it and I'm trying to remember the guy's name but he did all the Star Wars posters and yes I saw it it's amazing killer right like that's so wild and the it's way crazy. that they laid that, all that stuff is so classic. The way that they laid out those posters. And um, yeah. I think it, it, it has that same kind of vibe. Like you said, it's a story, you know, and yeah. it tells more of the story than just that single, you know, portrait. And that's nice and it's good, but you add mm. those other layers in there. It's pretty, pretty killer. Yeah, I think it. I think it's a, it's a neat way to kind of uh, just show something more than just a face, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of times it's a portrait that most people recognize, so they kind of know the history of it or anything like that. But um, by making a little montage or some sort of, I think it's kind of showing what, what you dug about that mm-hmm. moment or event or movie or whatever it was, you know? Do you, so find, kind of, do you find that you're creating those things or are people coming to you with those ideas now more than just, hey, I want a portrait of Scarface? Are they coming to you and saying, hey, I want a portrait of Scarface, but I like this other scene? Or is that kind of your interpretation and in saying, hey, if you want to do this Scarface, let's do it super dope and let's put this part of it in as well? Yeah, I think uh, when like when I started doing portraits and stuff, it was a lot of just like, hey, I want this Scarface portrait or whatever. And I'd be super stoked about it. And I, I didn't really think past that. And then after like once it comes down to it being something that you do regularly, I guess you're like, as an artist, always trying to find a way to kind of change it up or make it different or give it more of a vibe than just Mm -hmm. a face. So, um, I think now I I like to suggest it more, um, 
kind of make more of a layout of it, you know, just give it something more than just like a floating head, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Have you seen the different, um, you know, we're talking about it just br- briefly before we jumped on and started recording here about what was, you know, cracking it 10 years ago, what was popular, Dude. you know, the different types of um, just the movement of things, you know, has been wild to see not only with the internet, but also the stylistically watching tattooing grow. And, um, you know, have you, what was popular when you first got into it? How'd you get into tattooing and, you know, start walking down this path and what was popular? This, this totally trips me out because like when I think like, I don't know, sometimes you're just, you're kind of in it and you kind of forget where you were 10 years ago. You don't necessarily hold on to that as much, you know, you, you kind of want to move forward and everything and, and keep going that way. But when I think back, it totally trips me out. Like I remember the first shop I worked at, like we didn't even have a computer. Like we had no like use of the internet in any way for that. There was like some flash sheets. We were drawing stuff. Um, there wasn't even a printer. So like someone would choose a design and like you'd, you'd literally have to redraw it like the right size and make it fit oh, and like just make everything happen within that appointment time, you know? Like now it's insane. Just just the internet. I remember getting the internet as a kid like and my dad was like, hey, here's the internet. And I was like, <laughs> oh, cool. And I had no idea what to do further with it. Like mm-hmm. my friend had told me about this like artist um, who had a website with his paintings and stuff. And she's like, Oh, you love, you'd love it. Just go check it out. And that's literally all I knew to do on the internet for like the first three years. (laughs) I'm telling you when I, I was in, I was early in college when the internet dropped in around, I guess it was 2000. Was it? No, no, no. I'm sorry. It was before that. It was, it was like a 99, right? 90, 90. Well, shit. Now I'm trying to now I'm trying to remember this. You got me all thinking. <laughs> when was it? I was in Monterey and I was at CSU Monterey Bay, which is before it was even an accredited school here in the States. Um, so that had to have been. And then I moved in 1997. So it was shit. It was like 96, 97. Mm-hmm. And the first fucking thing they had a library class about the Internet. And they're like, <laughs> pretty much all the lady could tell me about the Internet was if you put www in front of it. And this means World Wide Web. And you put dot com at the end of it. And she didn't really have any examples other than if you want to, you know, put whatever you want in the middle of those two things and you'll probably find it. Right. Right. I had no clue. I mean, it was same thing. It was just such a, a foreign thing to be able to find out anything you wanted <laughs> i just didn't get it i was like what what, what where is this going to take us like why is everyone tripping out over this thing like i don't even know what to type into this search bar like can, i i had no idea what can, to do with it can you imagine being where we're at now like without it and being it's insane it would it's not insane. be anywhere where you know i mean we would not be in the same types of we would not be doing this yeah, you know? first of all, this conversation would not be happening. <laughs> Other than over a, a, a phone line, you know, right. and then what am I going to do with it? Sit here and listen to it? No, I, you know, <laughs> I'd have to submit it to some terrestrial radio station and, and try to get it played. But it's fucking awesome that we have this connectivity now where we can just reach out it's, to anybody. It's just insane, man. On, on like every possible level, like you could do your groceries on the internet, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> like, I know. It's, it's insane. What was that it's movie? Absolutely crazy. There was a movie, um, some fucking movie with Sandra Bullock 
and she was like a hacker or some shit and she was at home all the time and she's ordering pizza she didn't like to go out and it was like that beginning where it like referenced kind of that you could just stay at home and do everything yeah. there and you didn't mm -hmm. have to go out anymore because of this thing called the internet it's yeah. fucking it's wild it's what how much how much of that is your business instagram and and shit like that dude so much of it man like so like 98 percent. you know yeah. what i mean and that's wow. probably like me giving myself two percent just to make me feel better <laughs> <laughs> right right so man that's it's wild you know somebody i think it was this last week i was talking to daniel rocha for the podcast and right. um he uh at the end of the podcast, he's, he was giving out his website and he kind of stumbled ac across the website. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if websites are going to go become irrelevant. You know, I think, I think they totally are <laughs> like, even just now, like, I, I don't know if I'm the only one out there doing that now, but like when it comes to the website for my shop, like I totally neglect it. Like I probably shouldn't. Cause I know there's people out there that don't have Instagram and Facebook and mm -hmm. that are still on the WWs, you know, <laughs> but, uh, I, in comparison, I totally neglect it. It's just social media. It makes everything so fast. You could do it there at that moment mm -hmm. and forget about it afterwards, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you're, when you're, when you're busy and you're, you're doing your things daily and just kind of, you know, have a certain time to get everything done. It's so freaking practical. It's insane. Yeah. Talk, talk about that early time when you first started and having none of those luxuries that we have now in the tattoo shop. What, what were the, what was the day to day like over there when you first started? Wow. I, I definitely say sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Super stressful. Like every day you wake up and you're like, I have no fucking idea what's going to happen today, yep. but that's what you're in it for. And you're going to do it and you want to get good and you know, you want to make it happen and kind of, you know, you draw something up a certain size and you're just fucking praying to God that that's the right size. Right. <laughs> oh my God. It's crazy. Right. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it's pretty, it's pretty wild to, yeah. to have been through those times. I mean, I think somebody that's, that's worked in that kind of environment. I'm sure you appreciate so much more what you have now, you know, with Dude. computers and being able to print out your designs or draw right to a fucking tablet and print mm. it out right there on the convention floor with this printer. That's like has Thermofax paper in it and then it comes <laughs> right. right, you know, it's just like crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's totally insane. I think, I think I definitely, uh, appreciate it so much to a point where, um, now like 10 years in now I'm starting to feel like I may have also, I got so excited when things started to get easy that I probably took it for granted. And I'm sure a lot of people did as well, you know? And I think what's important is you got to try and find like a, a good balance or a medium to kind of, you know, stay artistic and, Mm -hmm. still be able to make it convenient for yourself considering it's your job and there's people involved and you don't want it to drag on, you know? Right. I think you're going to see a lot more people implementing like the, the technology and the things that are making the process easier, but they're going to be also adding, also adding in their own touches, right? It's a right. combined kind of balance of both, what can I do to make this efficient and proper? And then what can I put, how can I put the magic into it? You know? Absolutely. Um, 
So Absolutely. I... Um, for myself, I, I think that like, man, I got, like I said, I got so excited with it that just everything was all about efficiency at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And I mean, still doing good tattoos. I just kind of like, I don't know. I, I guess it's just my, my habits of to like, once I get into something, like I really go all into that one thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I think only now is when I'm starting to feel like, okay, I, re- I really need to kind of like separate myself because I know I can do it. I've done it for years. You know what I mean? Like I, I know I don't need it to that extent. Mm-hmm. I've gotten so comfortable with it now. And I think now to a point too, where it did help me, it helped me to, to get better and improve and stuff. And now I can kind of put that aside and say, okay, let's, let's slow it down a notch and go back a little bit into the artistic realm, you know? (laughs) Right. I see a lot of people adding, you know, they'll have portions of stencils and they'll have portions of freehand stuff and they allow themselves that freedom. Mm -hmm. They've done, they've done and created these shapes and designs so many times that they know the boundaries that they can play within and they know how to push those and they allow themselves those spaces for texture or for negative or whatever they're doing to create that sense of personality in the piece. Yeah. Um, I did, uh, I did like about a month ago or something. Um, we went up to Sullen TV and I did a collab with, uh, Megan Jean Morris mm-hmm. and, um, her, her work is like, I, I knew her work for a while and stuff and her freehand stuff, like just, she's so confident with it that it's like, it's mind blowing. Like I'm used to like planning everything out to a T I, I can stencil it. I'm super confident once that's done, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I can do my Photoshop and my layouts and whatever I need to do. And she's just like, yeah, we'll just kind of do this and we'll just kind of go with the rest, you know? (laughs) It got to a point where we did the design and everything and we did it all the night before. We were super pumped. I was feeling like, okay, great. Like this is not going to be too stressful. We get there, we stick the stencil on. Dude, like half a second before I started tattooing, I realized because we had, once we got there, we realized we had to flip the image on the client uh-huh. and like half a second before I got there, I realized that there was like a money reference involved in that image. Oh shit. <laughs> and instead of being a hundred, it became zero, zero, one. <laughs> and like right before I was about to tattoo. Right. And I was like, holy fuck. Like what am I going to do? <laughs> Fuck. She was like, dude, just relax. Like, you know how to draw. You got this. Just fucking, we're going to erase it and you're just going to draw it. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> it's like, it totally put me on the spot. But hey, I did it. I fucking bit the bullet. We got it done. I was super happy with it after. It just kind of goes to show you how, how you forget that you're able to do things, you know, mm-hmm. like as amazing as technology is, sometimes it's like, it's evil in a sense, you know? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I agree to a certain degree. You, Like I said, you just have to balance it. And, yeah, and there's exactly. those times where just like that, or you didn't have the technology to do that, or you didn't have the time to, right. to put back into this project. You had to go with your talent. You had to go with what you, you know, your reps that you had put in all yeah. those over that 10 years and get the shit done. And that's, it. um, it's, it's amazing when you have somebody there also that is confident in your, in you and your abilities yeah. when you yeah. maybe aren't, when you're second guessing that shit and they're like, nah, fuck, 
Anna, you got this. Go for it. Absolutely. That was awesome. It was so cool working with her and stuff. And she's awesome. She's great. Talk about that collaboration a little bit more. Did you know, you said you were familiar with her work. Did that happen to be, you guys were just at Sullen at the same time and said, hey, let's collab or what did (coughs) that project come about? Excuse me. Um, No, actually, we're we're both sponsored by FK Irons. Hmm. Cool. So uh, we've done a couple conventions together and just like seeing her work and stuff and seeing her do her freehand stuff. Um, we kind of briefly discussed like, Hey, it might be really cool. Like, you know, to do something that involves my realism and your freehand stuff. Like we should see if anyone's down for that or mm-hmm. for open for that. I think it could be a cool learning experience for both of us. And, uh, she was all in. And so we kind of figured it out. And then I would planned to go to, um, that Palm Springs convention. Jeremy had asked me to come do a, uh, some sort of segment for Sullen TV. And so I texted Megan saying, Hey, this would be a really cool time to do it. Like we could work together and kind of, show people that this is doable, you know what I mean, on the fly. So it was awesome. She, she flew down like a night before we took the night, we took a couple reference photos. We had some reference photos that we already found. Um, she had kind of a theme that she wanted to go with and I had kind of an idea that I wanted to go with and it just like our images had sex. It was awesome. (laughs) That's so cool. It's so cool. Jeremiah Barba talked about um, getting his back piece collabed on by Philip Lou, Guy Atchison, and Paul Booth. Dude. Right? Fuck, so <laughs> crazy. And, and you know, all at, at one point, they were all tattooing on his back at the same time. And he, he at, at a certain level, he's like, guys, I got to have, it's so much better when only two of you are tattooing. So they had to, like, rotate in and out. But pretty. <laughs> like pretty, tag team wrestling, basically. Totally, right? Are you in? <laughs> Bam, I got you. Yeah, it was uh, it was the first time I had done a collab. I think she had already done a few, but like I had no idea how this was going to be executed. Like we had no clue. And on top of it, it was like on a rib cage. So we knew that like the space that we were working in, like how are we both going to kind of work on it together and this and that? Like were we going to take turns and just simply do little sections at a time? Um, but it ended up working out great. She worked on one side. I worked on the other. And once in a while, one of us stopped here and there mm-hmm. and kind of let the other one fine tune some stuff and worked out really cool. It was awesome. Best thing about that experience for, for you or the, or the biggest lesson you learned through working with her? Um, honestly, it would probably be have, have to be like that moment that I talked about of like, okay, I don't have a stencil and I don't have a reference for this now because it's technically backwards. So I literally pulled out a $100 bill. She she tried to hold it up for me while I drew it in. It was amazing. It was like, sometimes you got to get it done, man. (laughs) And it was doable. So I guess like in a learning sense, it was – you you have to have confidence in your skill. You're there for a reason, you know, you, you've gotten to a certain point for a reason. It's not just, you haven't just printed images your whole life and drawn and you know what I mean? Like you've actually worked on your skill. (laughs) So Josh Hagan said it on the podcast that I did before I did Sullen radio. Um, I was down at ink and iron the first time I connected with Sullen and did a collaboration with them for a podcast. I had Josh Hagan on the show and he said, one of the biggest lessons he ever learned was when he was getting his hand tattooed by Nico Hurtado. And mm. 
he just watched him bury it in there and get it get this one pass done and and he asked him like how, how are you do you know what are you doing like mm. this is crazy and he said you know you got to make a confident and competent decision and once you do that you got to just go for it yeah. and get it done and you know and it's it speaks volumes to 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 that idea of being confident and and just plugging away yeah you know? absolutely you can't you can't hesitate. You just got to calculate, you know, it's, I guess it's kind of like crime. <laughs> if you right. hesitate, you get busted. <laughs> yep. And you know, Hey, not, not that I'm a criminal, Joe, not that I'm a criminal. <laughs> well, have you been arrested? <laughs> no, never. Okay, good. Well, see, there you go. <laughs> you're, you're on I the right path, I guess. No hesitating. <laughs> <laughs> right. You always got away, right? It's fucking awesome. Since 1996, Kingpin Tattoo Supply has prided itself on reliable customer service and quality products for a good price. Make your next order of tattoo supplies at kingpintattoosupply.com. Thanks for listening to Southern Radio Weekly with Joe Swanson. Please enjoy the rest of the show. Do you like traveling around and tattooing at conventions or do you like sticking closer to home? Dude, I love traveling. It is awesome, man. For sure, like after like, you know, doing a couple conventions in a row and stuff, you're happy to be home and in your space and like... Happy to see my cats and stuff, you know? <laughs> you have, how many cats do you have? I have two cats. Oh, I, I had cats. one, but then because I travel so much, I figured I should get my cat a cat. Yes. So now they're happy. They're bros, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. They get to lounge around together. That's it. They keep each other company. And when I'm back, they're excited. And when I'm not, they don't give a fuck, you know? <laughs> yep. That's it. That's the way. It, that's a cat's life right there. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. But uh, traveling is wicked, man. I, I'm like so freaking grateful. And like, you know, people say they're blessed and everything. And obviously, there's a certain amount of blessing. And then there's a certain amount of like, you worked for this, you know, what are you working for? What do you uh -huh. want in your life? Right. I think that's really important. People tend to settle for very little these days. I know a lot of people that settle for very little and it's, mm. I can't handle that. I'm not that person, you know, I got to kind of live and see things and, you know, mm -hmm. I need to be okay with dying tomorrow. Who fucking knows what's going to happen? You don't. I mean, it's, <laughs> you don't know. And that's the yeah. thing, you know, um, I just did had a sit down conversation. Um, and, and I'm, this is the first that I'm going to tease this on this podcast, but I'm going to be putting on a podcast series called Across the Threshold, which is um, a series of shows from a conversation that I had with Lyle Tuttle. And Sick. dude, it was over three hours of just, you know, Lyle not in his one liner mode. You know, he had that. He had that <laughs> cool element that he has that breaks down the ice, but then mm -hmm. it was just amazing stories and, and information and, um, he said that one of the things that he's come to a realization is that it's just, you only have to satisfy that person that's sitting right across from you. And during that tattoo, that's all you, that's the only person you have to satisfy mm -hmm. in, in this world. And, um, it was interesting to hear him talk about, you know, I mean, this is a guy that's been in around tattooing since he's 14 years old, got his first tattoo and is 83 now, you know, going to turn 84 on October 7th, but just crazy. The, uh, the amount of history and, um, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. You know, where we're at now today. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. It's life's too short, man. You're we're, we're doing what we love, essentially. Like, why not 
take it to another level, man. We mm. can we can do it anywhere. You know what I mean? It's amazing. It is. We can amazing. see things. We can meet people. It's it's so awesome. Like mm-hmm. I love it. There's I couldn't be happier, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a it's a fun it's a fun experience to be in tattooing right now. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of people. There's obviously mm-hmm. tattooing. Any industry has its negativities, but I think yeah. overall, if you if you stay focused and stay positive, there's so many good things about tattooing right now that it's it would be you got to be an idiot to fall down that negativity path. As far yeah. as I'm concerned, right now, absolutely, you know? absolutely. So. And you got to do it like, you know, you got to do it for yourself too. You got to find your joy in what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think comes down to people, you know, um, finding styles that they really enjoy doing. Like you're narrowing down everything just for your own happiness in a sense. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome, man. It's amazing that we're able to do that and live off of this, you know? <laughs> right. Do you remember the first time you walked into a tattoo shop? Absolutely. I went with my uh, my older sister. She was getting a tattoo done. And I was, my mind was fucking blown, man. I was like, what is this place? This is awesome. There's just like drawings everywhere, like cool looking people. <laughs> was I want to be this. You know? Was that your first experience being uh, in a shop or had you been exposed to tattoos prior to that? How did your sister end up wanting to go get tattooed and, and you decide to tag along? I think it was, it was uh, definitely like, uh, she just wanted one. I didn't really know too much about it. I was kind of like, oh, that's really cool. Like we always did art and stuff and like always drew together and things like that. And when my, my mom used to do oil paintings and stuff like landscapes and stuff when we were kids. So she always kind of like, you know, allowed us to kind of sit down and just paint or like draw on walls and all kinds of jazz, you know? So, um, when my sister said that to me, she was kind of like, Oh, don't tell mom, but I'm going to go do this. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to come with you, you know? (laughs) And so, uh, when I went there, I was like, wow, this place is so cool. And like just sitting there while she was, she was getting her tattoo done and just sitting there and kind of soaking in like all this artwork from like, all over the place like you could see that like signed by different artists from like all over the world and stuff I had no idea that it was to that extent and level you know so when I got home I was like oh I need to like I want to look into this stuff like this is cool stuff you know so just like what year that was uh probably I was probably 14 at the time and I'm 29 so I I don't know the math so well (laughs) 15 years ago yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember getting home and like, you know, trying to go to like any possible, um, uh, ta- I don't know if you guys call them tabajis. Do you know what that is? No. Nope. Okay. It's, it's like, a, it's like a, a bodega type place oh, okay. where they're like, they kind of sell a little bit of everything. There's always like magazine racks in the back and stuff. Like, so I kind of like be hunting those, like see if I can find tattoo magazines. It was super like, where I'm from, it was super hard to find, you know? So I'd like get one tattoo magazine every six months and just like fucking get lost in it. You know yeah. what I mean? What, was it at least like one of the better tattoo magazines that you were able to get your hands on? I mean, I think, uh, probably not. I think it was like uh, tattoo and like tattoo flash, you know, yeah, yeah, like that... th- those ones. But you know what? It was at the time, it was awesome to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I had no fucking idea how the internet works. So to me, it was seeing a whole bunch of stuff in one book that was all relative related to the same 
theme, right? Mm -hmm. So just seeing artwork and different styles and what people were doing and fucking weirdos and (laughs) all kinds of stuff, you know? So it just kind of pushed me to, to, I guess, try and find uh, an artistic style that was kind of like in the tattoo world. And when I started out, like I'd made like a little portfolio and I was drawing like all new school type stuff, like colorful, like bold lines, like the polar opposite of what I'm doing now, you know? And I remember taking that to some tattoo shops and, you know, hoping to get an apprenticeship and learning. And I finally did. And it took a while just for me doing that to kind of steering into what I'm doing now. It's crazy how much your, your mind frame changes and what you're doing and your skill and everything that, you can kind of narrow down to something more epic, you know? Mm-hmm. When did uh, the black and gray come into play when you really started to focus on that? Um, I'd say I was I was probably tattooing like five years in or something. And um, I'd started to do like some realism here and there. Like it, artwork wise, I did a lot of like charcoal drawings and stuff. And so I really enjoyed the beauty of that. Mm-hmm. And... I think the black and gray, I remember seeing this tattoo that someone I knew had. It was a portrait that he had done by Tay Tay. Hmm. And it was like 20 years old or something. And it was so fucking awesome right. still. And I was like, holy shit, like, this is crazy. You know what I mean? And then it just kind of like, I don't know, it kind of sparked something in me that, that hmm. I just saw that classicness in an image that, stayed for so long it looked so beautiful and awesome you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i think it was a portrait of his daughter it was so awesome man it's something about black right black and gray and and that the way it looks on the skin yeah it looks classic it looks you know it's like neutral but classic but awesome (laughs) what i love about it is that like especially when i like when when i started out tattooing and stuff you know you get like a lot of older people that aren't into that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. like my parents I, I was born in pakistan my parents were like not at all into that you know what i mean so i guess once i i started to see that they had so much more of a respect for for that kind of artwork like portrait work and mm-hmm. just the way that it looks after and the, the you know the meanings and stuff behind it. It's, it's a meaning without having too much of a meaning, right? It's someone that's close to you generally, or, or it could not be either way. It's just the accuracy of something that's impressive, whether you like tattoos or not. Right. Right. It's interesting to think about that perspective of it's more palatable really to people's Mm -hmm. visual sense, you know, because they're used to seeing pictures, they're used to seeing paintings and those Mm -hmm. things you don't often, you know, not as much. And especially back when, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you didn't see images, tattoo, you know, quote unquote images of, you know, more Western traditional type stuff. I mean, you see it Mm -hmm. now on Sailor Jerry rum and you see it scattered throughout magazines and big dragons and this and that. And it's a much more in the, in the spotlight, but it's interesting to think that, um, not only does that black and gray stuff look so dynamic and so good, but it really is more pal- palatable visually to a greater audience. Mm. 
Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, any anybody that loves tattoos can probably appreciate almost any style, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And anyone that knows tattoos, in a sense, you can appreciate the difficulty in accomplishing any, you know, a traditional tattoo, the, the lines and the cleanness of it, you know? Mm-hmm. But someone that has no idea and thinks it's gross, you know, <laughs> will look at a portrait of, like, someone's grandfather and be like, oh, okay, wow, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, and not that I'm I'm out there trying to kind of you know, please those people. It's not that sense. It's it's just interesting mm-hmm. how the mind works, you know. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's um who who do you think right now when you scroll through your Instagram feed, who's killing it that you're just like, damn, like that that's another killer one. That's another killer one. Is there is can you even pinpoint it to to Dude, a handful of artists? It's so hard to pinpoint it, man. I like once I start once I start scrolling on the Instagram, fuck man. I'll like spend a night doing it. And it's it's awesome because it's super inspiring uh-huh. and it's super discouraging at the same time. <laughs> right? God damn, I totally know <laughs> like what I you see mean. These people that have been tattooing for like four years and they're so amazing. Yeah. It's so cool, you know? Mm. But uh I don't know, man. It's super hard to pinpoint that stuff. Mm. I think that uh I can never print. I'm not one to, you know, talk shit about people's names seeing I have a weird name, but I can never pronounce this guy's name. Uh, Ralph. Nonweiler? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Ralph was on the podcast. That is a bad motherfucker. Jesus Christ, man. Holy shit. And have you seen his miniature paintings that he's done? Yes. This is is honestly what blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Like, I was looking at his work and I was like, oh, wow, like, this is crazy. Like, this is crazy. Like, you know, I think with black and gray and stuff, um, I tend to, like, look at people's work, and then I always think to myself, like, I want to see this piece in 10 years. Mm-hmm. I want to see what it looks like. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want I need to see how it holds up. And, like, if it's fucking awesome, like, fuck these guys. I'm so <laughs> mad, you know? <laughs> yeah. Damn them for being so talented. Yeah. But I saw his miniature paintings, and I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, mm-hmm. this I guy's saw epic. Th- epic. Epic. Like, I saw those paintings, too. And, and then I read, I saw them, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, I'm, I'm looking at it on my, you know, 3x3 three three screen or whatever it is on my iPhone. And I read on the post, it's three by fucking three or some <laughs> shit. Like, I'm looking at it in real size. Like, it's real you know, that's how small he did it. And he said he developed that for like two years of techniques on his own to figure out how to how to paint that stuff. Um, he doesn't he doesn't limit it. It's all mixed. I think he said it's like mixed media and he'll scratch stuff and he'll add stuff in. It's just man, it's that was I, I was stoked to talk to that guy because his he had a wild first tattoo experience too, like where he'd been hanging out in this tattoo shop and um the guy started a tattoo and had something, some crazy chick that was his girlfriend or something, as I can recall it. And she called him up and said, you need to get over here. So the guy leaves, the owner of the shop, and he gives Ralph the, the machines. He goes, you finish it up. And the guy, <laughs> right? And he goes, he comes back like three hours later and, and Ralph had done like a decent, halfway decent enough job or a good job. I can't remember what he said, but uh, it's just crazy, you know, That's insane. And he took that skill from being a painter and he translates it into these amazing hyper detailed pieces. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's, that's like 
part of the awesome evolution of tattooing nowadays most of the people that are in it are artists you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's, it's crazy it's nuts yeah it's really beautiful to see absolutely it's cool to see all the diversity you know mm-hmm. and being able to all all the different collaborations that go on all the different art that's coming into it um yeah you know it will be interesting to see in 10 years what what they all look like i i've said it before i think that we're going to kind of almost be able to date this period of time in tattooing because there's such an explosion everybody's trying all this crazy shit and they're trying to push it to the max you know and some of it will work some of it won't it's going to be cool to see what what happens absolutely i mean we're all doing it i've done pieces when i started tattooing when i started doing realism and portraits and stuff that if I saw it now, I'd, I'd be embarrassed. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we all have but those it's because we're trying, we're learning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No one's, no one's really telling us like, this is exactly how you need to do it. You know? And mm-hmm. there's no way to tell somebody that I don't think, you know, you can have techniques and you can learn techniques from all kinds of artists and stuff, but skin is not paper, man. And it ages and it heals. And like everyone's skin is different. Some is like, tight and some of it's meaty and some of it's wrinkly and like dude you got to work with all these elements you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. i i don't think it's i think it's lost on some people that complexity of that variable right the skin Mm. because you're right and you can be on an arm and on one section of the arm it's one it's it's beautiful it's you know it's a wonderful piece of skin (laughs) and you move an inch over and you're like you're like what the fuck is this Exactly. What the fuck is this? And you got to figure out how to get through that, you know? Yeah. And, um, uh, what do you think has been one of the things that's helped you develop as quickly as you have in this style when you decided to make that transition and say, you know what, I want to focus on black and gray. Right. What did you, how did you approach that? Um, that's a good question. I'm not really sure how I, I guess like when I narrowed it down, you mean? Yeah, just when you said, hey, I, I know I want to focus on black and gray. I've been tattooing five years. Yeah. I don't know what kind of shop you were working in at that right. time, but obviously you have to build up a certain clientele and a certain amount of pieces right. to put that out there. How did you, did you strategize and say, this is the these are the steps I want to take to get here to this point? Or was it something that kind of organically happened once you started putting the work out? Uh, I think it... it- I wanted it to happen. And then I think it organically happened. Like it, it wasn't like a, Hey, I'm waking up today and now I'm not doing anything but this, you know what I mean? Like it, it's actually, it was super hard. Like I had some pretty loyal customers that, you know, don't want to get what it is you want to do. You know what I mean? Like, And they're like super cool people and you have to kind of, you know, tell them that, Hey, this is not for me anymore. You know, there's other artists out there that can probably do this for you or whatever, you know, you got to find a way to kind of tell people that you're narrowing things down, you know, without being a dick and stuff. It's super difficult, man. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, it's saying no can seem counterproductive, but oftentimes that's what it takes to catapult yourself to the next level, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've heard Gogwe talk about that too, you know, where he said that, or maybe it was in a, maybe it was in um, an article I read and he talked about when he started wanting to do, just produce more of that large scale body of work. 
right. he had older clients that he it was a challenge for him because he wants to say yes and he wants to please people but he had to make that stand and say you know i think that you need to get that somewhere else because i want to focus on this and it was a it was a battle i think even at that time when i read it but um it's true. It's hard. You know, you, you have these clients that have been loyal for you to you for a long time. And, yeah. and you know, you know, most, I think most of them take it pretty well mm-hmm. and they're pretty understanding because, you know, they were, they were there in the beginning. They, they want to see you succeed and stuff. And then there's always a few that, that don't take it well and feel totally rejected and, you know, can't handle that feeling. And, and then that that's terrible because it makes you feel like shit, you know? Mm-hmm. You're like, no, this is this is not like a personal attack to you. This is not what I'm trying to do, you know? But uh, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> right, you do. How does your family feel about tattooing now? Uh, my parents are super cool with it now. Like when I when I started out, um, when I wanted to learn to tattoo, um, they knew I wanted to do something artistic. And when I kind of told them that, they they didn't want to have anything to do with it. Dude, they were like, we did not come to this country for this. Are you fucking insane? You're going to be involved with like bikers and fucking drug dealers and like, you know, the, the typical shit. Like they, they didn't grow up in this. They have no idea what the fuck I was trying to do. You know, like they didn't understand the, they didn't even know. I mean, I, when I started talking to them about it, I was like 16 years old, you know, no one takes their 16 year old that seriously, you know? <laughs> right. They're like, sure, sure. That's going to, that, that phase is going to pass. Right. Exactly. So it was really like a, no, you're not going to do this. And, um, I managed, I managed to get an apprenticeship around that same time. And I lied to my parents about it. Like up until I was like 18 or something ridiculous yeah. like Where that. Where did you, you say know? you were going? I used to be like, oh, I'm just like, like my first job was like telemarketing. So <laughs> I, I just kept shifts. saying that I was still doing that. And then the place shut down at one point and my dad found out that it shut down. And then I was like, Oh, I just, you know, going to the library. Like, That's awesome. That's awesome. I just go into the library. I'm Dude, learning I, dad. Yeah. I'm learning. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. You'll see one day. <laughs> you, see, you are sneaky, huh? Yeah, no, dude, you don't even understand. Like, I do not, like, I do not believe in lying. Like, I fucking, I, I'm talking about it now and I'm getting goosebumps. I feel so fucking guilty anytime I think about that situation. It's so horrible. Like, if, if I start thinking about that before bed, like, I won't sleep. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sad. <laughs> Like the only thing that's like, but you it know, worked out. Yeah, because it worked out, then fine. Like I can get over it. You know what I mean? Like we joke about it. I joke about it a lot with my parents. You know that they'll they'll when they when they busted me and they found out that that's where I was working and stuff. You know, like like a scared teenager. I just I started crying. You know, like crying and apologizing and wow. stuff. And, and so we joke about it now. You know, my dad says, oh, if I see you crying, I know you were lying about something. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> He's not going to let you live that one down, huh? Yeah, exactly. But honestly, now they're they're super proud. They see that I'm I'm super serious about it and stuff. And I really take it to heart, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think, I guess as, I'm not a parent, but I guess as a parent, all you want is, like, for your children to be happy and to be doing something that, that feels like self self uh what's the word i'm looking for not sufficient uh 
satisfactory. Satisfactory, yeah. Yeah, you know, you want to be the most you can be, kind of like that army commercial, but you know, without the army. <laughs> right, <laughs> fuck the army. Let's get tattooed. Yeah, exactly. That's and awesome. like, sometimes I think about it, and I'm like, man, like my job is like so funny. Like I just draw on people like this is what people want they want like mm-hmm. permanent drawings on them like there's people out there like doing these epic jobs and saving kids and like doing all kinds of stuff you know what i mean right. and i'm just doodling away on people but hey i guess whatever makes you happy man and it makes those people happy too it makes those people happy absolutely man it's one it, thing it takes two to tango right it does and i've seen I I was tattooing in San Francisco around 2009 and it was right when everybody, I mean, there was so many people getting laid off. Shit was shutting down. People were getting laid off, getting severance packages. And what were they doing? They were taking those severance packages and they were kicking it for two, three months. And I'm going to get tattooed as much as I want. And they were coming into the shop, spending that money, getting tattooed, figuring, ah, I'll, I'll make it back. I'll get another job. And in those desperate, dire times where some people would have been like, shit, I don't have a job. I got to figure some shit out. Mm. People were still getting tattooed and still spending that money. It's not going anywhere. It's, um, and it does provide happiness. You know, it was almost yeah. like those people needed that, you know, that experience to get away from t- thinking about that they were out of a job and that shit's going to have to, you know, yeah, they're going to have to hit the pavement and, I'm going to go need to look for a job. You know, they mm. were sitting down and experiencing this, getting something that was a keepsake for that moment. Mm. Everyone's just trying to be happy, I think, you know, and that's, that's, that's what's important. Who's, mm. who's to stop you from doing that? You know, <laughs> only yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, what kind of cats do you have? Um, I have a fat cat and a little cat. They're not any kind in particular. Yeah. Um, the big guy I have, he's about like eight years old. I found him in my mom's backyard one year, like teeny tiny, uh-huh. like just lost and cold. <laughs> <laughs> and then the little one, I just rescued him like a couple weeks ago. I knew I wasn't going anywhere for the month of August. So I figured it'd be a good time to get my cat a cat and yeah. let them settle in together. You know, <laughs> yep, yep. Are, are you a movie buff or do you like to take um, where do you like to take most of your reference stuff from? If you have full creative control on a portrait or a project, where do you think you dive into first? I, well, okay. It all depends on what it is. I'm definitely a movie buff. And like when it's like movies that I'm big into that people ask me to do, I get so fucking pumped. Like I got to watch the movie like five times before and kind of like narrow down the scenes that I think are awesome. And I think they'll work well and figure out how to make a cool layout from that. Mm -hmm. Um, What movie would that be? What's your favorite? Uh, favorite movie? That's like an impossible question, favorite man. Favorite three Dude. movies. Favorite three movies? Sure. I mean, you couldn't pinpoint it to one, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, open it up for you. I can give three. Oh gosh, that it, it's too much. Like a real movie buff, I feel cannot answer that question. That's like not allowed. You have to categorize many, it. Yeah, there's too many kinds, and then there's like time frames. You gotta appreciate movies for their time frames. What, you know do you, what, I mean? what are you watching right now? Uh, I was actually just watching Speed. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Don't judge me. I'm not. SWAT movies are awesome. <laughs> they are. They are. Wasn't LL Cool J in the movie SWAT? See? Was he? Yeah. He was a SWAT guy in that with that other guy, Colin Farrell. Yes. Yeah. True. Uh-huh. Yeah, true. 
Yeah. Yeah. LL Cool J is a bad motherfucker, I think. Probably. His name (laughs) does have cool in it. (laughs) Exactly. And he's got. I wish my name had like an awesome word in it. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. Well, now let me ask you this. You have, you go by Anum. Is that, do you, do you put out your last name or is it just like, are you sticking to the one branded name? Yeah, no, I'm not intentionally leaving it out. I'm just trying to, I guess, make it simple for people to kind of remember me, you know? Um, I think, you know, just two syllables is pretty easy breezy. (laughs) I like it. I mean, I think it's, it's one of those things if you're thinking about which I think more people at the upper level of tattooing are thinking about branding. They're thinking about business. I think that's a perfect, it's a perfect way to approach that. You know, it's a unique name. It's easy to say, it's easy to remember. Um, I I think it's, I think it's one thing that people are are doing more of. They're thinking about that. How do I approach these things? Yeah, absolutely. I, it being a name that like, I've, I've literally never met anyone with the same name definitely makes that like an easy decision, you know? (laughs) Is it, um, ethnically it's not a common name from Pakistan as well? Or I think, I think it is pretty common. Um, I just, I guess I've never really met Mm -hmm. anyone with that name from that area. They're, they're probably more common names. I think my last name even is more common than, than my actual name. What's Montreal like? Dude, Montreal is awesome. I love this place. Like every time I go to California, I'm like, oh, why don't I move here? And I'm like, oh, but Montreal is so awesome. <laughs> what do you like about it? Um, I love the summer in Montreal. Like it's a super diverse city. There's all kinds of people, um, all kinds of awesomeness. There's like two main languages, which is really cool. I get to keep up with my bilingualism, you know, mm-hmm. Um it's just great, man. It's fun. It's happening in the winter. Like I'm a total hermit. I probably won't ever leave my house. So don't ask me about winters in Montreal. But <laughs> Summers are cool. There's always events happening and worldwide stuff like jazz festival, fireworks, competitions and all kinds of stuff, you know? Awesome. Yeah. When was the last time uh, you got tattooed? Um, I got tattooed actually two, three weeks ago now. No shit. Three okay. weeks ago. Yeah. You're just yeah. at the end of healing then. Yeah. I'm at the end of healing. I, I had like not so good of a heal. I got my knee tattooed, Ooh. um, by this really, really awesome artist in Montreal. His name is Seamus. Uh, he does like traditional stuff. So I got a nice big traditional, uh, mandala on my knee, nice. but, um, man, it was not happy. It was swollen. Like it was like I had like a huge tit on my leg for like <laughs> two weeks. It was gross, man. <laughs> oh shit! How do you heal your stuff? Um, I usually will just once I get home, I wash it and then I kind of don't put anything on it for the first twenty-four to forty-eight hours. Kind of let it dry up a bit, keep it clean in between, and then after that, just moisturizer a couple times a day. Yeah, so I find many- it. I find it tends to peel really quick and it's not too, uh, it, it kind of skips that really goopy stage mm-hmm. by keeping it dry the first few days. It, it works out. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What, and, and, um, how did you choose the, how did you choose a mandala? Um, he, he does like so many awesome artworks with that kind of stuff. And I knew I wanted to get tattooed by him and it just, it just worked out perfectly. I was like, Oh, it's going to look badass on my knee. <laughs> It, there, there wasn't any like 
real thought into it. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, looking badass is enough thought as far as I I'm think, concerned. I think that's pretty legit. <laughs> yeah, sure. Cool. Well, what's next for you, Adam? Where, what travel schedule? What are you going to be doing? Um, traveling, 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 man. I just, I can't fucking get enough. Honestly. Um, I'm doing carriage house next oh, yeah. week. Um, I'm super stoked about that convention. Uh, big Gus asked me to do it like a few months back and I was super honored. I think it's going to be awesome. I just realized that they're roasting Bob Tyrell. Isn't that amazing? That's something That's that we've gonna lost. That's going to be so cool. Yeah. <laughs> there used to be roasts. Like you would have these roasts at these conventions. You'd see like the pictures in the magazines, the article about the roast. They roast Lyle Tuttle. They roast Jack Rudy. They roast Brian Everett. Man, that's something. I'm glad they're bringing it back. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm super looking forward to it. Just really looking forward to seeing everybody and hanging out with everyone and, you know, doing some good tattoos and drinking some moonshine, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, do, you, do you know what you're going to be doing um, when you're out there project wise? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, I do have a couple. The, the only thing I'm 100 percent certain on doing is um, a, a piece from the movie Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Have you ever heard of that movie? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's a book so, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a book, and it's like a. It was a European movie mm -hmm. originally, I believe, and then it came out in the states and stuff. But uh, my client seems super cool. He's like a huge fan of it. Like he's got all this like paraphernalia and stuff from the movie and. I love talking to people like that. I think it's super fun. Like I, I actually love the movie Beetlejuice and I have like a ridiculous amount of like stupid shit from that movie, like toys and puzzles and, uh -huh. you know, tattoo stuff that on, you tattoo on yeah. your arm. <laughs> yeah. A tattoo on my arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things like that, you know, <laughs> but, uh, so I can appreciate that, you know, do you the like collecting of, stuff? I do. I do. But I, I feel like I like collecting like stupid shit, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think it always makes for like a better story, you know, <laughs> Yeah. a better like conversation at dinner, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. what's the last thing that you or what's the what's the major thing that you collect? Anything that's um, well, what or the I'm stupidest really... shit that you collect. OK, what what lately what I'm really getting into, I've, I've been trying to find it online. I've been trying to find a uh, like old deck of cards, but like with naked dudes on it from like the seventies. All right. <laughs> Some I'm like Tom really... of Finland stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know about that shit. I worked in the Castro in a tattoo shop. <laughs> that, Castro's so, like the triangle of chaos over in the city. There you go. There's some wild motherfuckers over there. Yeah, so I'm digging up stuff like that. I'm just trying to think, I, like, for myself, you know, things that make me happy. I recently brought back a mood ring in my life. Okay. I don't know about you. Like, have you ever owned one of those things? A cheap one, yeah. Yeah, like, they're awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's it say right now? What mood right are you Right now, in? I'm feeling pretty relaxed and energetic at the yes. same time. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I like it. <laughs> What Dude. are the what are the different colors that it that it shows? Um, and did lately, it come with did it come with the little? Oh yeah, graph? I definitely I have the chart. It's up on the my chart, fridge. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and I also printed one up to keep at the shop with me. So <laughs> oh, that's you know, awesome. 
Yeah, it'll warn my clients, you know, kind of mood I'm in. <laughs> right? Yeah, just in case you're wondering, look up here, motherfuckers. Then you there, can there should be there should be a color for black and gray portrait mood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> Shit. So carriage house is coming up. That's yeah, gonna be a fun house. one. And then uh, the following week, I come back to Montreal. There's the Montreal Tattoo Convention, and they're moving it to a bigger venue this year, so it should be really, really, really sweet. And then um, the following week after, I, I fly back out to uh, Vegas for Mario Barth's show. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that should be really neat, too. Yeah. And then I got, um, in October, um, I got Calgary. Whoops. I got Calgary in October. And then in November, I have, um, what is it? something else ottawa or some, something yeah. canadian ottawa i think it and was you're on it like pretty much one one a month yeah i try to do at least one a month sometimes i go crazy like in september and do like three depending on what kind of lines up you know there's mm -hmm. some shows that you just don't want to miss so you'll bite the bullet and just keep going you know um but i i need to do at least one a month like i didn't do any in august this month and like i'm feeling a little I'm feeling a little slow, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It's, um, it's gotta be exciting to see those new plates. Like, like you said early on, you know, it's, it's fun to go. It's great to be, to come home, but to see, have those experiences in, in, in the middle there, it's, it's worth yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't buy that. It's amazing. No. You know, yep. just, I think also like, there's one thing traveling and like going on vacation and stuff, but when you're traveling and you know, you're, you're going to, to do what you kind of do on a daily basis is super cool. It, it puts you in a totally different element. You don't feel like a tourist and a traveler. You know what I mean? You just feel like, okay, this is where I'm going to be. I'm going to be doing my daily things here now. It's, it's awesome. It's really yeah. cool. You have your travel set up pretty dialed then I'm sure. Yeah, it's pretty pretty simple. Ship a box, get there, open the box, work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Always ship, always ship the box. <laughs> yeah, shipping the box makes it easier. Um, everyone's kind of been like, "Hey, you know that one time your box is not going to get there," and I'm like, "Dude, stop it!" <laughs> right? <laughs> mood PMA. My mood ring says it's going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, Adam. <laughs> what a pleasure talking to you, Anum. Thank you so much for coming on the show and, and bullshitting with me. I really had a great time. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Hope it was in insightful. <laughs> it was. It was insightful, insightful and fun. Awesome. Awesome, dude. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, thank you to everyone who listens to the show each week. Please share an episode of the show from SullenRadio.com. If you could, please. I really appreciate it. That definitely helps the show um, get heard by more people. And tune in next week for another episode of Sullen Radio Weekly. I'm Joe Swanson. Keep hustling, everybody.